Now, before we get into today's episode, I hope that you have been with us over the last few weeks. Every week has been unpacking such an amazing conversation in this series, Couples Love Week, Ride or Die Season. I have been able to bring these amazing conversations that I have virtually live at my Couples Love Week event to this podcast community. And I hope that you have gleaned a nugget or two so far. In addition to that, I've been telling you about the First Wives Club, which is an amazing community. But let me tell you this. Every month, I select a wife spotlight, someone in the community to just shine a light on them and encourage them. And they share with us wife wisdoms. And I'm telling you, the wisdom that comes from the wives who are selected for the wife spotlight have been incredible. I have been picking wives since the very beginning of our journey. The First Wives Club kicked off in November of 2019, and we have had a wife spotlight every month since. We feature them, their husband, and we tell their love story, and we glean a wife wisdom that God lays it on their heart to share. So if you aren't a part of the community, it's an excellent place where you can come and grab some nuggets to help you in your wife journey. And I get asked all the time, why First Wives Club, Denise? First is not a statement of what wife number you should be, because we know there are some people who have, again, love. First is not a statement of you having a first lady position at a church, a community, or state. First is about the priority that we deserve, because oftentimes we put ourselves on the back burner and we make everything else more important. And what happens is we lose ourselves in the relationship when we do that. And so I want to honor you, the priority of you, which is why it's called the First Wives Club. The second thing that I've been talking about are my relationship superpowers. I talk about those success superpowers all the time on the podcast, but here's a chance for you to get a view to the relationship superpowers. And we have talked about four so far, and today is number five. The number five relationship superpower is stop wanting out. Our willingness to be fully dedicated to a conviction that is reliably true and devote ourselves to it, devote ourselves to the relationship is so important. I know in my own experience, I would look at situations and evaluate my option. And as long as the option to leave and get out stayed on the table, I flirted with it. And it wasn't until around year number five that I made the choice and decision to remove that from my options. Yes, I have non-negotiables, but my everyday life is not a non-negotiable. It just requires compromise and sacrifice. And by removing the option of wanting out, it made me begin to truly evaluate what solutions were on the table that could help us 
win at love. So relationship superpower number five is stop wanting out. And we have an incredible couple coming to our rewind today. The loveless are going to share from their experience. And I want you to listen. I want you to listen how they persevered and how they decided to turn off the exit sign and stick with love and do the hard work so that they could grow in love together. Let's get into it. Well, hey, it's Denise, and you'll be so glad you tuned in today. We recently celebrated Ride or Die season as a part of my signature DeniseTaylor.live event, Couples Love Week. Twice a year, we go deep on love, relationship, and winning together with five featured couples. And recently, we talked with those ride or die couples anchoring in on faith, love, family, commitment, and trust. Today's Rewind episode features night number five of that live event. You can't be a ride or die unless you have trust. A firm belief in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of one another. Growing in love requires that we grow in trust. Trust means relying on one another, being safe with one another, and having confidence as well. When you grow up together after marrying young, you discover and rediscover each other over the years. Giving in to trust fully challenges our vulnerabilities as we make mistakes and simply need room to mature. Latif and Aisha have grown together and developed a bond of trust that is safe. We'll talk about their life experiences and how now their demanding schedules lean hard on trusting one another to stay in sync. We'll discover more about the power of love and their relationship success as we tap into their journey of growing together. There they are, Aisha and Latif awesome awesome couple i don't know why god gave them the name love less because they love more okay they love more and so um i want to welcome ancestors. you what'd you say Blame my ancestors blame your ancestors <laughs> blame your ancestors they must love so much that they like tone it down man tone right. it down right. bring it back down bring it back right. down being a little extra just bring it on back down but i want to welcome you guys to life love in the pursuit of happiness i um just am grateful that you said yes to being a part of couples love week uh where we can tap into your experience your lifelong experience. You're one of those couples like us that kind of grew up together. You married young and you grew up together. And so we'll get into some of that. Now we're going deep on trust. And here's the definition that I have for trust. Firm belief in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of one another. And when we think about trust, we absolutely know that that's true. We got to be firm on our belief that we can rely on, we can count on, we can work with the strength and ability in the truth that is in the sovereignty of the relationship. And so I know you guys have a unique day in and day out life and you lean hard on trust with each other. And so this is a great conversation to have with the two of you. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Now, it is a tradition, Latif, 
that we allow the man to love on their wife with their words, okay? Now, this is a chance for you to pull out all that swagger you had when you rolled up in your car and you got your boo many, many years ago. This is a chance for you to appreciate her. It's Valentine's weekend now, so you got to really put a big bow on this introduction. Big yeah. bow on the introduction. Big, bow. Oh. big red bow. Okay. A big red uh. bow. Okay, so, but please do us the honor and introduce your beautiful wife. Uh, to my left is my wife of almost 20 years uh, in October, uh, but my friend of almost 24. Um, she's a an amazing person. She's a great mother, um, an awesome wife. But I think all in all, she's just a beautiful person. Aww. Right. Um, everyone loves her. And I think it's it's wait, where the tissue? Hold on. Well, did we bring Ain't tissue? no tissue in here? Ain't no tissue, tissue in here. It's, it's, it's a it's a testament to you know to who she is and and um what she's all about. And I do appreciate you know having having her as a partner. So this is my wife, Aisha Loveless. Oh, that was so beautiful. I didn't see that one come. <laughs> very, very good job. I'd love to hear um when husbands love on their wives with their words, because sometimes we get busy with life and we just don't settle down enough to uh, share that beauty. And he did an awesome job. And everything you said was true. So you do know your wife, man. You know her well. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Aisha, do us the honor of introducing your handsome husband once you can get yourself together. up over there. Jeez. All right, so... To my right is Latif Loveless, my husband, my best friend, my confidant, um, hardworking father, hardworking uh, son, husband, um, uncle, cousin, nephew. <laughs> I mean, so many lean on on him for advice, for guidance, for input. Um, born in New York. Raised in New Jersey. You know, I got the New York here right here. Facts. <laughs> Raised in Jersey. Um, and graduated in Augusta, Georgia. Who knew? I'm a man of the world. Yeah. And um, <laughs> and you are, he's a vet, he's a vet, not veterinarian. He's a vet. Um, in, in Navy, right? Army. Army. It's Army all right. vet. It's, it's all. It's all. It's all in military. Um, and yeah, so. That's who he is. Oh, and he is a director at his company. Um, that's what causes him to travel because he's a consulting company and leads and leads and leads the family, leads his 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 family and his employees and his job. And just all around amazing guy. And I love you. Thank you very much. <laughs> he flows right from that daytime to nighttime, though. He throw that flat bill on like, what's up? <laughs> And he'll bring it to you. And that is so beautiful. Thank you both. You guys are getting a lot of love in the chat. 
Someone said you're the best big brother. I think Tiffany said that. So oh, she was loving on you. I'm um, just awesome. <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. So in every love relationship, love story, there seems to be this moment of, you know, flip where it goes into a serious zone and you kind of know she's the one. So Latif, if you don't mind, kind of walk us through when you knew that you wanted to spend the rest of your life with Aisha? Um, so I don't, I don't, I mean, there's, there's a, there's always been like a series of moments, right? I have a, a hard time maybe uh, pinpointing one and saying like, saying like a, 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 a switch flipped or anything like that. But mm -hmm. so as I kind of thought about it, the one thing that really came to mind is, I mean, and again, we were young, so um I was we were living in New Jersey I had my own apartment uh she was still in in college and her you know between college and her parents house um and we were early in our relationship a, a few months um and you know for those of you who are of a certain age we had pagers we had you know we had pagers so um I got a page just a random it was just a a random day a regular day I got a page and something in me said, she's pregnant. <laughs> something, it was just, again, I had no way of, I had no way of knowing. I had no, you know, no inclination before that. Like it truly wasn't something. But whenever I got a page from her, I would have to leave my apartment and go to the convenience store behind my, behind my, uh, why are you laughing? Behind my, um, my apartment building and, and call her. That was just a routine. She would text, I would call. And it was generally just something that happened but there was something about that text that innately was like I think that's this is what this is about and I, I don't know why I couldn't tell you what it was so I put you know got dressed and I went to go to the payphone and had payphones and <laughs> had a quarter I, man did you have a quarter yeah the quarter I had I kept a roll of quarters <laughs> right kept a roll of quarters I dropped them quarters in the phone I, I called her hey what's up and she said, I'm pregnant. And I was like, okay, so this is what it is, right? This is, this is what, this is what it's going to be. Um, Cause for, I guess at that point for me to kind of have that, I guess if you want to call it intuition or inclination or whatever it was, and then for it to actually happen, I was like, wow. And for me, that was kind of the, it was inertia after that. It just, you know, it all just ended up happening. Mm -hmm. And when you had that inclination, clearly you didn't say it was time for me to run, right? You right. must have had some sense of connection, some sense of bond, um, some sense of a, accountability and partnership, right? Like, because some men would have been like, let me ignore that page, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like kind of, you know, I'm getting a page and I'm feeling this. Yeah, I ain't calling you back. So you must have still had that connection at that point and you was okay with it. Not that it was all, you know, like you like, oh, yay, but you was okay with it. Yeah, it wasn't a um, it wasn't a, a sense of like uh, um, demise or anything like that. You know, it was it was more of, hey, let's let me find out. Like I wanted at that point, I wanted to know. Mm -hmm. Right. I was I was, I guess, maybe curious at that point. But it was let's let's see if this is what it is. Mm -hmm. um, 
and that's not to say if it wasn't that it we still wouldn't be here today but it's you know again it it started a, a chain of events yeah um that Clearly. i guess have at this point <laughs> have have led to have led to this evening all right that's awesome well aisha girl yeah <laughs> Which does he go first? <laughs> I can't. I cannot. Well, well that was, look, that was beautiful. He he shared that he had the premonition and he called you back. He he went immediate to the phone and he called you, and it was true. So let's see what you would add to this story. Um, and then you could tell us a little bit about your family. What would you add? Well, I would add that for me, for me, um, the day I met him, I knew he was going to be my husband. And I tell him this all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I just knew that I knew that I knew. And I think I'm more spiritual in that um, in that sense, when I have more of a um, that part of a connection, he's more logical and I'm more spiritual when it comes to connections and things like that. So I just knew I knew that I knew that I knew um, he was different. And um, than any other guy that I've ever dated. And in the sense that, you know, he just his everything about him. I see I saw his his essence, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and we met at my best friend's house um, when we were I always get this wrong. 19, 18. Yeah. What, what, something. The math doesn't matter. Yeah. That's <laughs> Anyway, so, but yeah, but I knew, I knew then, and it was the comedy for me. It was the laughter for me, you know, that just, we'll get into that later, but it was the laughter for me. Um, And the the teeth and the handsome, look at this, it's my baby. (laughs) But we have, with that, um, we have a 22 year old son and that call was 22 years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, So he'll be 23 in May. Um, and we have an 18, just turned 18 year old, um, daughter and we have, um, who is actually going to university of South Carolina come this fall. Um, she's graduating high school this year and we have a seven year old, um, everything. I don't even know what to say. She's um, the prodigy. That's, that's how you describe prodigy. She's, she is um, the go-getter. She's the, she's an actor. She's a gymnast. She's a cheerleader. She's a French immersion student. She is everything you could think of. That's who Journey is. So we're on a journey with Journey. She's the, she's kind of the embodiment of someone. I think people have talent, right? And, and, but there's, sometimes maybe a hesitancy to either explore it or pursue it. She's kind of the embodiment of like no fear that if, and if she happens to be good good at it, great. But she, at this point in her life, she's been good at everything she's tried. (laughs) Right. So, you know, so it's like, it's, 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 that's, that's. That means that translates to a high extracurricular ba- uh, budget. That means you paying more for all the rest of the stuff that she's into. Absolutely. <laughs> um, because you guys make a healthy investment in her for all the right reasons, yeah. because she's good at it. And I think that's the key, but boy, does that weigh, it weighs heavy on the budget for sure. Oh, yeah. Trying yeah. to get her into everything, into every place. Um, but Journey is definitely a prodigy. She's she's the one that I'm um, for sure you guys are going to have to relocate someday to 
to follow her career for sure. They happen sooner than later. Yeah, to follow her career. All right. Thank you guys for sharing that with me. Now, remind me, you've been married for 20 years, you said? It'll be 20 years in October. Okay. So now let me just give you a hint, Latif. 20 is a big deal. All right. So we need to mark that in some kind of way, preferably with some jewelry of some sort. So I'm just throwing that out there. Okay. Um, That is a big deal in relationships. So congratulations to the two of you. you. And when you think about 20 years in your relationship, tell me what you cherish the most, Latif. Oh, yeah. I'll probably sound like a broken record, but it's hard to, you know, say I cherish this thing or a thing the most. But I think overall, looking back, particularly, you know, where we came from um, and how we started is just just the growth. Right. Uh, Whether it's um, as individuals or as a couple, as professionals, um, as parents, as you know, just in, in all aspects, just being able to grow. Um, being able to evolve and have it have it work together mm-hmm. or go through it together. Um, that's that's what I think as I kind of just sit back because this this whole exercise has made me have to kind of look back because I'm I'm really not that person. I'm Mm-mm. I'm a more in the moment person. Just take the day as it comes. Take each day as it comes. What what's happened has happened. I'm sure that could not be a very romantic trait to have from from time to time but it it has caused me to you know kind of just sit back and and whether it's reminiscing or or you know just using hindsight but just the ability to to grow because there's times where um I could say I don't I know that I wouldn't be here without her Mm -hmm. right wherever this is I wouldn't be here Mm -hmm. in this moment without you know her, her companionship, um, her partnership, and just us being, you know, together through it all. That's beautiful. That is very, very beautiful. You know, um, when you find that, when you find that one who makes you better, who pulls out of you, um, the better in you, who makes you go back and want to try harder, want to do more, want to show up stronger, look at the mistakes and say, I can achieve better. I can turn this around. I can, you know, when you find that connection that inspires you that way, it transforms your life. And so when you, it, when you admonish the growth, that's a good, a good thing to look at, right? Because if y'all were still in the same place that you were 20 years ago, I'm not exactly sure that the, the connection did you good. But yeah. for you guys to take a minute and reflect, it does make you realize just how good life has been together for you. Not perfect, but good because you've been able to overcome a lot and experience a lot and do a lot. And like you said, grow a lot. And so I think that that's very, very powerful. What about you, Aisha? What do you cherish the most? Yeah. Yeah. I, I love this question because I, you know, I'm reflective. Mm-hmm. And so I, I cherish our friendship. Um, I cherish, you know, the so, and this is what I was talking about. We'll get to the, we'll get to the comedian part of it. Mm-hmm. I, I cherish the being able to laugh through the hard times. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm a, I laugh at everything, but not everything. So when, like, I am his biggest cheerleader. And when we're going through things or we're having an argument, he finds a way. It could be a little hanging fruit that he will cause to be the most funniest thing. And then I'm cracking up. And then we're talking about whatever issue that we may have, you know? So going through the hard things, having the laughter and that love, mm-hmm. getting through it um, is, is, is definitely something that I cherish. I cherish him being able to um, show up in, in just about every area. Now, it wasn't all, we wasn't showing up for each other throughout the whole 20 years now. Um, you know, we, we have to get to a point where you're comfortable with each other enough to share things with, and then allow that person to show up. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I, I cherish our ability to communicate and just partner. partner. One of the things that, um, I can relate to that is a little bit different when you love again or when you marry later that mm-hmm. happens when you grow up together is you got to give one another a whole lot of grace right when you think of someone at 18 at 28 mm-hmm. at 38 at 48 they are completely different people their experiences are completely different. And if you're really trying to connect with me, like you did when I was 18, you have to grow with me. You have to be willing to allow me to make mistakes. You have to willing be willing to allow forgiveness to be a huge factor. You have to would be willing to celebrate me because I'm still finding my way. I didn't come in established. I didn't come in, you know, having it all together. I came in with a row of quarters in the pay phone in the back, right? You know, so it's a much different experience that you've had to grow through. And I think that it's very important to celebrate that, to get to a place of gratitude and really recognize, man, we, we really have had an awesome experience growing together. So I commend you guys. Latif, let me ask you this question in your relationship. What have you had to unlearn in order to fully embrace trust? Uh, you know that I, I, I'm perfectly okay by myself, mm-hmm. right? Like I mean, meaning in the sense of I'm not, I don't necessarily seek out crowds or need to be in groups or or things like that, right? But what I've had to learn, but and but that has lended itself to. I, I do everything myself, mm-hmm. right? Um, I've had to unlearn and I'm still unlearning that I don't have to do it all myself, mm-hmm. right? Even if there's something that I'm going through and more importantly, if there's something that we're going through or that will affect the both of us mm-hmm. that I don't have to either try to remedy, remedy it or fix it or solve it um, alone, mm-hmm. that I need to be able to, lean on her mm-hmm. right and and or or even say all right i need some help yeah right like yeah i thought i could do it but mm-hmm. yeah I, that's not working so um and do it proactively mm-hmm. right not on not not the re- not on the back end reflex not 
trying to do it and then coming back saying, okay, this is about to happen. Let's work on it together. Or this is, you know, the season or whatever, whatever the situation is, um, eliciting, whether it's advice or support or just grabbing her by the hand and pulling her with me. Right. Um, that that's what I've had to learn. And I still, I still have to talk myself out of those things Mm -hmm. sometimes just because it's, it's a natural tendency of mine. I can, I can relate to that. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's almost a little funny when you're so self-sufficient and I too can just thrive by myself. It's interesting because when people see me out and about, they're expecting me to be like very conversational and I'm quite the introvert, you know, where I, if I I'm pretty good, you know, being by myself and just kind of sitting alone and those kind of things. Um, and so you do become very self-sufficient and in figuring out how to make room for your mate to be mm-hmm. a part of you, to be a part of your experience and, and being willing to say, yeah, I could do all the steps, but let me leave some steps undone so that they kind of have a part in it. Yeah, I could figure all of it out. Um, it's, a very intentional thing for me too, right? Because I am one of those that can just get it done as well and and really move on to the next thing. And you may not have even even known it was an issue, right? Because like I, I have moved on past it and um, been able to address it. And so I can relate to what you're saying, mainly because um, I feel it's important when you're trying to develop your intimacy, your connectivity with one another, what you think is okay for you just to go on and take care of, they saw as an opportunity to connect. And I I hear that a lot from Chuck, especially when he's like, well, can I pick up something for you? Can I, you know, and I'm like, "Mm, no, mm, no, but he's trying to connect. Right. And so making room to allow for that is important to stimulate that connectivity. What about you, Aisha? What have you had to potentially unlearn in order to fully trust? Well, let me go back a little bit with with his comment with (laughs) making his own decision. It's good. That works when you make good decisions, though, baby. (laughs) Yeah, that's when that works. But anyway, (laughs) I trust your decisions now. Yeah, it was the bad ones. But yeah, them bad, bad decisions ones. got us in some trouble. Um, <laughs> but you learned and got out of that. Um, so initially for me, I, you know, like I said, I wasn't managing. Like I that's it's not easy, it's not something that I can manage because mm-hmm. it's a process. And um, but I did have to unlearn to not continue to blame him and bring things up. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to unlearn to trust um, that he wouldn't do v- mistakes again. Mm-hmm. You know, when not including me in, in decisions that affect me and the family, um, that you know, and then and then reconciling those those issues and and correcting it, and me in the background like okay, I can't, I can't bring it up again. Like, cause we, we passed that and there's growth in it. I can't keep bringing it up because then we're going to keep going back to it and keep revisiting in it. And with the hurts and the pains and the problems. And so I, it was a struggle for me, um, to have to unlearn, not to keep dwelling in the past. Mm-hmm. 
And like he said, he is a very forward thinking, futuristic, you know, we're not talking about the things in the past, but bringing up the past for me was therapeutic because it helped me deal with the problem. Even though we, we passed that, mm-hmm. I, it helped me harp on it so that I can try to, you know, point it out again. Mm-hmm. You know, this is where you made the error. This is where you did. And that was, that's, that's no good. That's un- very unhealthy, <laughs> very unhealthy. Um, but now it's just, you know, being able to trust that those errors are not going to be made again mm-hmm. and, um, you know, not bringing up the hurt again. So, you know, it's incredible because I can relate to that too, in a very similar way. I didn't necessarily keep bringing it up, but boy, did I harbor it. Yes. Right. And in many ways, and this, this is what happens. And this is why I kind of say it when you're growing up together, you had them dumb days. I don't care who you are. You have dumb days, right. And you're making mistakes and you got to be willing to lean, lean into forgiveness. And you got to be willing to lean into grace because you're growing up right? You have kids now that are in their twenties and y'all looking at them like, boy, he's having some dumb days. Just like, you know, everybody (laughs) looks at that. And and we once were them and you were in your relationship at that point, trying to navigate through. For me, it wasn't so much bringing it up, but I let it fester within because I knew bringing it up was going to take us back and it was going to make us rehearse it and it was going to make it be an issue, but I let it fester within. And when something came up that kind of bumped into that rock that was sitting in there, that's it. (laughs) Yeah. It bumped into it. And then the next thing you know, it was like a minefield and you blew up because I didn't deal with it. I didn't deal with my feelings. I didn't deal. I just kind of pushed it down as it relates to, you know, different choices, different mistakes or different viewpoints. Cause it's very interesting. Cause Chuck and I, we can look at the situation and he looks at the learnings from it, what he learned from it. And I'm looking at it like that wasn't good, you know, like that impacted us, but he's looking at it. Like we had this experience and we learned from it. And I'm looking at it like, yeah, we had this experience and we took a hit for it, you know? Mm -hmm. And so we just had very different perspectives and it's important to not push it down, but figure out how to navigate through, but then to also do what you're saying, Aisha, which is, don't keep going back to it, you know, allow yourself to move on from it, allow yourself to heal. So I can definitely. um, One more thing with that too, is um, I just saw someone comment that um, that's something that they're learning to do. Mm -hmm. And it's not, it's not easy um, to, you know, think forward and not harbor on those things because feelings are involved and, you know, you go back to it, but I will say, when your when your spouse your partner um, shows that they're putting in the work, so that that mistake won't happen again, mm-hmm. um, it corrects you. Also, mm-hmm. they're getting you know they're shifting, they're correcting, self correcting, self changing. You have to also put in the work to do it too. Mm-hmm. So the unlearning, like you said, that that's in the the that's quoted is the unlearning part of allowing them to be, to show that they're trustworthy Mm -hmm. and you have to change with that. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, and it's, it's also, I mean, it's all one of those things that often goes unsaid, but say as since I'm the mistake maker in this scenario. No, you're not. no, no, no. I'm saying in this scenario, <laughs> I'm the person who's made the mistakes. I'm not, you've made mistakes, but that's not what we're talking about. As the mistake maker in this particular scenario, mm-hmm. there's, you constantly come across moments where you go, okay, this is where I, this is where I made that mistake, mm-hmm. right? And you, I, you consciously, especially if you're working on it, you yeah. consciously make the decision to not make that mistake again, mm-hmm. right? We were having a conversation earlier about, you know, making decisions and, you know, going left or right, mm-hmm. right? Just where she's more of a person who kind of has to really think about, should I go left or should I go right? Mm-hmm. Where I'm the type where I come to and I was like, well, I'm gonna just go left and fig- we're gonna see where... We're going to see where it goes. That stresses me. <laughs> right. But there comes the point, especially when when you know you've made the mistake, you don't want to make the mistake again. And you don't want to be in a position where she has to continue to bring it up. Mm-hmm. That's where I went left. <laughs> right. So now I'm going to go right. Yeah. And you're constantly working on it. And then the idea of so if if the person who made the mistake is constantly working on trying to prevent it from reoccurring. Mm-hmm. And the person that that mistake was, you know, perpetrated against mm-hmm. is working on reconciling that. It should make, in theory, mm-hmm. it should make it a lot easier. Yeah. But yeah, but if I keep making the same mistake. Right. You know. And if you, I keep bringing it up. Right. You kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent point. Excellent. You actually helped me understand why Chuck focus on what he learned from it because he's trying to apply the knowledge, right? Like you're saying, apply the knowledge forward. So I don't make that mistake again. I don't want to run into that trap. I don't want to deal with your attitude. That's basically what that means. Um, And so I can, I can relate. That was very helpful for me. So thank you for taking time to explain that. Now, Aisha, you guys have an interesting work life balance and you guys have had it for a number of years and it does require you to lean in heavily on trust tell us a little bit about that dynamic and I think people will understand what I mean about putting pressure on trust do you want um him to go first either what either of you it doesn't matter um, well, the dynamic is that um, my husband travels for work. Um, he travels, what, 99% of the time. Um, he's gone Monday out of the house. He comes back Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, I see my husband on the weekends. Mm-hmm. And um, initially, that was extremely hard. Um, raising three kids in a household. Um, and not being able to, you know, have somebody help take the trash out, except for my son, but just, you know, like it was me. It was like, and he hates when I say this, but it was like a single parent, but not because he's there, Mm -hmm. um, on the weekend. So, um, so it's, it was a hard, initially it was hard. It was me, um, harboring anger, um, harboring resentment, resentment, um, jealousy because I couldn't go anywhere, um, traveling, um, you know, all of the emotions that someone would have when they don't understand what the other person is going through. Mm -hmm. And so I had to 
and it took a while. It took a long, long time for me to take a step back. And what made me take a step back was um, just not feeling, not wanting my husband coming home not or not wanting to come home. I want my husband to come home and I want him to want to come home. Um, so I had to stay, take a step back and say, all right, well, is there any way, anything that I can do different? You know, and I read an article and it popped up somewhere and I read an article and the article talked about, you know, a husband who was traveling and eating Burger King every day. And I thought about that and I'm like, he's not even eating the regular meal. He's not, you know, he's not eating a home cooked meal. He's eating on the road. He's, you know, sleeping in a different hotel room, you know, every week. Um, and, you know, he doesn't have family around him. He's by himself trying to navigate himself. Mm-hmm. So the trust thing came in where eventually we've created a system. Mm-hmm. So that system looks like he checks in every day. So now there's consistency, there's communication. He checks in between a certain period of time every single day. When he lands, he lets me know when he's landed. When he takes off, he lets me know when he takes off. When he's in a meeting and I'm trying to reach him, I, he knows that if I'm texting or if there's a certain code, not code, but if there's a reach out during the middle of the day, he knows to call me back within the hour. So there are there's systems in place. There's communications in place that won't allow for distrust. Mm-hmm. And if there's any discord within that, then there's like, oh, well, what's, what's going on? But at that point, it's some, there's an emergency. There's an explanation for it. Um, I think in our relationship, we also, in our marriage, we also give each other our space. Mm-hmm. Um, I allow him to be the leader at his job. I allow him to be the decision maker for his job and give him the space to be that so that one, we can, you can have your job and we can live the way we live. And, and two, um, I, you know, there's, there's, it's too much energy put into it asking where you at now, what you're doing now, what's going on now? No, there's going to be a set time that we are going to do this during the week mm-hmm. so that we know that there is a schedule put in place. Now on the weekends, we spend time with each other. Like that's our time to spend with each other. Mm-hmm. And um, we hang out, we go to dinner and, and, and whatever we do, it's, it's our time together. But um, yeah, it's just that consistency and communication. Yeah, that's really good. Latif, what would you add from your perspective on that dynamic that you guys are, are um, working, well, living with really? Um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I, I knew it was hard for her. Right. Like just it, it, you would have to be completely oblivious to to the circumstances to to not realize that it was difficult, particularly when uh, our youngest was born. Um, so there was a lot of for me, there was um, a lot of uncertainty and probably some guilt and reservations about the whole thing to the point where because what she didn't say is that initially when I started traveling, when we moved and I started traveling, I was on the road three weeks at a time. Mm -hmm. Right. So I was gone three, I was on the road for three weeks, come home for a weekend, back on the road for three weeks. Mm -hmm. Uh, So even for me, that felt like a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, So when, when a journey came along, um, 
at that point, I could I I knew that there was a lot of stress there. It was causing tension on top of her being a, you know, just having a baby, us just having a baby, but having to deal with a newborn and then a teenager and a almost a crazy preteen uh, <laughs> to to the point where it was like, all right, I can't I can't keep doing this for us. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so a modification, you know, I, I ended up leaving my job and mm-hmm. finding another job that it still had travel required, but it, I was home with a lot more regularity. Uh, and that, that helped ease, helped ease some of that, um, some of that stress. And I was able to, at that point, maybe decompress some of that stress for her, mm-hmm. uh, just mm-hmm. by being more present. Um, and then again, just kind of, and being willing to, or understand that, that I need to be willing to find whatever is, helps make her comfortable mm-hmm. because the job, my job would consume if I let it. And sometimes I do, but it would it'll consume 24 hours a day, yeah. seven days a week, mm-hmm. um, just because of the nature of the work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's having to be deliberate about taking her, her feelings, mm-hmm. circumstances, you know, into, you know, into consideration and then trying to make the necessary um, adjustments, whether it's changing the job or, you know, um, calling at a different time or, you know, making sure that time is well spent when together um, to ease, to ease some of that, because it's, it's more of a, it's more stressful to know that that's happening in the background. And then it may, it makes it hard for you to be productive or whether in, in work or in life, Mm -hmm. right. It it creates stress and that stress, you know, manifests itself in different ways and it just makes everything harder. So if I can make things easier for her, which in turn helps make things easier for us, then, you know, so be it. What, what I love in, in how each of you kind of shared is how polarizing it could be if you don't figure out how to come together, right? Because we are looking at two sides of that coin. And if she just only focuses on what she feels, what she's experiencing, you know, what's going on with her. And at the same time, with an assumption that, well, he is not here. And so he's getting to travel and he's getting to be away, not realizing that you had your own perspective that you were dealing with on this side saying, boy, I feel guilty and I I hate, you know, so it's almost like those accusations and assumptions come into place when you don't take time to try to understand what's going on with the other person. Right. And you're assuming I got the short end of the stick and he's living the life and she's, you know, you're assuming I got the short end of the stick and you realize she's pressure packed, but at the same time, you're living in a way that's compromised too, right? You're on the road. You're not having family time and those things. And I think what makes a difference and I'd love to hear your perspective is understanding each side, right? And being willing to prioritize the other person. So Aisha prioritizing when he comes home, I want him to come home. I want him to want to be here. I want him to want to experience family time. So 
How does that look? How do I prepare? How do I make sure that I don't have no noise in the way so that the time we do have, we can make the best of it? And then the Latif on his side, trying to figure out how to navigate it to make things easier. What adjustments and shifts do I need to make? And I think when you make that intentional effort to consider the other side, that's when you can eliminate the discord. But I'd love to hear your thoughts on what intentionalities have to happen. You talked about like your cadence and your calls and those types of things, but it's almost like you have to make yourself think of the other person. So uh, that's exactly what it is. Um, and I have, uh, you know, wrote it down. It's in, it's in your, your thought process. Mm-hmm. And every every day, every moment you're you're dealing with life because, you you know, with the kids and, you know, we got to cook and I got to clean and, you know, I got to I got to work. I have a job, too. So, yes, I'm stressed. But daily you have to remind yourself it's not his fault. Mm-hmm. You know, he's trying to provide and he's trying to bring you know, make sure that the family is taken care of. And this is the this is our norm. This is our norm. And this is how it's it's going to get done. So you have to every day, you know, not cuss him out in your head mm-hmm. <laughs> when something breaks, mm-hmm. you know, when, you know, when the kids are screaming and then somebody's dropping and spilling something, it's not as he ain't there. It ain't his fault. I didn't mm-hmm. push the panic button. You didn't put. Yeah. So I used to call it the panic button. I will call him but like you push the panic button. And he's like, what are you talking about? You remember the staples button and, you know, you push it. Like that was easy. No, it was like the panic button. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, it's really just mentally, you have to mentally challenge yourself against those thoughts. You know, your mind is where it's all at because your body follows and your thoughts follow. So you you have to really challenge that. And um, it's an exercise. It's not it's not natural because we want to fight, you know, initially our bodies, you know, you want to tense up, you want to argue, you want to have an argument, you want to fight. Um, but you have to intentionally, um, you know, think about what, how would me responding that way help this situation? He's not even here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he's not even here to defend himself mm-hmm. um, over whatever argument you have in your head. <laughs> <laughs> You know, uh, so. you won though. I won that. <laughs> I know. So I, I, I ain't even here. Who you arguing with? So yeah, that's and I, you know, I know everybody's situation isn't this, and I know people, you know, work at at their homes. But if you think about it, you know, it's even when people are working and they come home every night, and it's making house a home and thinking of the other person and thinking of you know, what they're dealing with at their job every day and having to come home to you have an attitude for whatever reason that they didn't, they weren't even there for. So mm-hmm. I think part of it too, and, and uh, you can let me know if you agree, is taking time to learn the other person, yeah. right? And and not displacing myself on that person and assuming that they are like me, going to respond like me and possibly do things like me. Because a lot of times we try to, we see, we oftentimes see people as we are, as opposed to as they are. And so I think taking time to learn one another, right. And especially in your case, um, you have FaceTime now. We have come a long way. We went from oh, payphone to FaceTime. Look at that. But <laughs> you, <laughs> you <Yeah>. have fa- 
<laughs> you have FaceTime now. But at one point in time in this process, you probably had to listen to the tone of her voice, right? You probably had to listen to some phrases she was saying to try to key in on, okay, something ain't right here, as opposed to now you can kind of see it because you can see her face. And part of that is learning her, right? Oh, he, so, oh. she never hit it. She she never she never hit it. There was there was oh, no yeah. yeah when when that call came in, it was like oh okay this is going to be one of those yeah so <laughs> right all right oh there's definitely tone right yeah so it's like all right you you, you take you take your lashings sometimes you go listen I I'll okay I'll I'll try to fix it when I get back or yeah just don't let the place burn down um you know but it it's. It, you're absolutely right about just trying to be able to understand where the other person's coming from, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And part of it is almost like trying not to take it personally. Yeah. Right? That she's less mad at me and more mad at the circumstances or the situation. Mm-hmm. Right? Because if you say, because she, you couldn't say, I'm mad that you're working hard every day. Right. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, but, no. but, yeah. like, oh, really? Yeah. You, you sound crazy. No, it's more <laughs> it's more about you're working hard every day, but you're not here. Yeah. Right. And that causes this to happen or it causes that to happen or it makes me feel this way when those things mm-hmm. try to happen. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was like and it, again, not it's not an easy thing because it does. It can feel like a personal attack. Right. Like. What else, what do you want from me or what yeah. what else am I supposed to do? But trying to be understanding or considerate of even though that is the way it may be coming across, that's not what she actually is feeling right. or even believes. Mm-hmm. Right. And then just trying to find that middle ground. And if there are steps that need to be made <laughs> to try to make it better mm-hmm. or show that it can be better or show that you even want it to be better then that that helps as well. Yeah. And and figuring out that compromise. I love the rhythm that you guys have created and it's one that works for you and it's one that helps you feel good, right? It helps you feel good to know I'm going to hear from him at this time. He's going to respond to me when I text. I'm going to like I um I love that you've been able to figure out that type of rhythm with one another. And some people may assume that that's doing too much, you know, that they don't want to make the compromise and they don't want to be accountable and they don't want to um, really show up in a way that is for that other person, you know, like we have been talking about, how did you navigate to that, right? How did you navigate to, I am willing to do this because it's important to him, or I am willing to do this because it's important to her, because we can be so self-seeking sometimes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Honestly, you know, it probably wouldn't have worked out if he wasn't responding to it. So, you know, you have, I can put in all the work and I can do so much, but if the other person isn't giving anything back to you and isn't responding to you being able to um, adjust yourself, mm-hmm. then um, it's not, it's, 
for what? Like, you know, you give up easily. It's the, you just go you put it all out there on the table and then it's like, for what? Mm-hmm. Um, but he responded to that. Mm-hmm. You know, he, I saw the change in him and his, ex, not even excitement because he's just not an excitement person when it comes to that type of stuff, <laughs> but just, you know, babe, what, what do you want to do this weekend? Or, <laughs> you know, like, there was a change in him wanting to come home. Right. Mm-hmm. And being, being okay with it and comfortable with it. It wasn't a fear coming home. It was like, it wasn't like you, you, you all right this mm-hmm. weekend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you okay this week. Mm-hmm. It was more of, you know, okay, I'm putting in the work and I'm trying. And then now he's adjusting himself to, to, to um, meet, to match my energy that I'm putting out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but if that wasn't happening and if I didn't see an adjustment in him, when I was trying to adjust and I was trying to change, mm-hmm. I can't say that this would, we would be here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that I can't say that. Cause I'm not, I can't put one person, he can't put all the work in and then not see me doing, you know, changing and adjusting. Yeah. So. And, and I think it's important to make sure that when effort is being put forth, that there is a response to that that acknowledges it, supports it as it's as as it is an indication of an attempt to change, right? It is an indication of an attempt to bond. And you know, when you see that occurring, that is acknowledging the fact that you did make a choice to bring me into your life, right? You did make a choice to establish family. You did make a choice to make marriage happen between us. And you owe that to this process, right? To at least try to respond. When we are stuck on the selfishness that keeps that connectivity from occurring, you are absolutely right. That is when the demise begins. Um, I've mentioned the other night when you go and you read first Corinthians 13 and you really read what love is about. I mean, if you really sit down and read what love is about, first of all, it is an action and it is unselfish and it's not about you at all. It is extremely sacrificial, extremely grace giving. And that is how we're supposed to show up. And so when that attempt is made, I hope that the person on the other side makes themselves available to respond to that. Because if you don't, you're right. You're, you're beginning the brick lane of a wall that ultimately is going to cause uh, separation and cause disconnection in the relationship. So, so that's really good. So let, let me keep moving. Cause I could talk to y'all all night. So Latif, let me ask you this on the outside, looking in, you make it look easy, but as you reflect, what advice would you give to a husband who may be struggling in their marriage? Um, you know, I, it's, no, I don't believe it's any different than anything else that you want or that you work towards, right? Mm-hmm. That just to say anything worth having isn't easy, that, you know, there's going to be, um, you're going to have the peaks in the valleys, mm-hmm. right? And you want to be able to kind of ride through them all. And, you know, you want to get out of those valleys as quickly as you can, and you want to stay on those peaks for as, for as long as you can. Mm-hmm. But inevitably, 
you know, it's 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 life. Things are things are going to happen. You're going to run into situations. You're going to have to deal with, um, you know, different circumstances and just being being in a position to understand that you're going to have to want to work through them. Mm-hmm. Right. It's it's about it's it's about want to. Yeah. Um, I, I would I think it's safe to say, you know, we this could have ended many times a long time ago right but there had to have been whether we verbalized it or not um there had to have been a want to to kind of work through it uh and as long as you kind of keep that in perspective i think that really kind of helps you because you're at that point then you'll be able to adjust but to your point about what you were just saying a, a minute ago um it has to be reciprocated mm-hmm. Right. It has to be reciprocated because there could be a, circ- a situation and I'm trying like I may be trying or you may be trying. And but if you're, it's not the way I just, it's not the way I want you to try, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, as opposed to shutting down because the effort isn't the effort that you would want. Talk about it. Here's what I need. Yeah. Here's what I'm looking for. Um and I, I would say from a, a man's perspective, that probably requires a little bit, a little bit more um, vulnerability, mm-hmm. you know, to, to say this, this is what I'm looking for, or this is what I need. I know for that, that's true for me. I, I hate to generalize, but I know that that's true for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're willing to put yourself in that space, because I don't know if you can be any more vulnerable than in a marriage. Yeah. Right. If you're trying to put that wall up and not be, that makes it, that makes it a lot more difficult. Yeah, that's, that's really, really good. Absolutely. All right, Aisha, if there's a wife listening or uh, someone here in their love relationship that they're committed to, but they're struggling, um, what advice would you give to her? Yeah, I, it, it was hard to answer. It's hard to answer that one because, um, everybody's struggle is different. Mm -hmm. And for, and I can only speak to my experience and the struggles that I had in my own marriage. And if that helps somebody, God, God bless them. I I pray that it does. Um, But what the advice that I would give is allowing your husband to be who he is going to be. And when I say that is, he has a purpose and he has a calling and he has a drive for his life. And that's not saying that you have to sacrifice who you are. Mm-hmm. That's not saying that you have to, um, you know, <laughs> be, be the, be the only one that has dreams and aspirations, mm-hmm. um, supporting your husband and, and his goals and his dreams, because ultimately it, 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 it is a, it's a good thing because you benefit from it. Mm-hmm. You know, you both benefit from both of you guys achieving your goals. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to be individuals. Um, but the Bible does tell us we are we come, you know, we cleave, we come to to become one. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is true. But then we you still are. I'm still Aisha and I still have my dreams and I still have my goals and I still have my desires. Um, but championing your husband and being his cheerleader and in every area and not being like 
where are you going now? What you doing now? Where are you going? Because that's where that trust comes in. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't he doesn't need a mother. He doesn't need me to be like, OK, well, you can't go left. You got to go right. Mm-hmm. He I have to I have to be able to trust that he's going to make a right decision because he loves his family and I have to give him that space for that. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm here to help to get him where he needs to go because I am his helpmate, mm-hmm. but I am not supposed to give him the answer. Um, so, yeah, I think I think it's giving you your space to be the man that you are supposed to be, to fulfill your purpose, to be the head of the household, which I know a lot of people struggle with that. Um, I struggle hard with that. That is not easy. <laughs> but when they show that they can be the head of the household, you got to allow that to happen because mm-hmm. that's what the Bible says. And that's how things, you know, it flows. That's good. That's good. That's good. You guys have been awesome. Thank you so much for joining. Now around these parts, I always like to challenge everyone to build a a life they love without apology. And I always close out with my life, love and happiness questions. And it's an attempt to tap into wisdom. I believe that If we can get wisdom, it can help us make better choices and decisions and help to navigate us a little better as we go forward. So Aisha, when you think about your life wisdom, what would you tell your younger self about life if you could? That is going to work out. (laughs) That is going to be okay. And that is bigger and better than what you thought it was. Mm. As, as As a young adult or a child or what have you, you're only your, your vision or your scope is so limited because that's the world, you know, it's so small, it's your family and it's your immediate friends. But when you get older, you get exposure you see the world, you see things and you didn't know that this was possible. So it's that it's, you know, it's bigger and better than what you could have imagined. That's good. What about you, Latif? What would you tell your younger self about life? If you could, um, that it's all building towards something. Mm-hmm. right that these these every moment in your life does isn't happening in a vacuum mm-hmm. right that it's it's all building towards something and that you have the ability good or bad right up or down to put those pieces where you want them to be mm-hmm. right nobody's building that life for you you're you're building it so that kind of be willing to go through it but also kind of take control of it if, if that makes if that makes sense, um, because it's your puzzle. Mm-hmm. Nobody can tell you where to put the, your pieces. You're putting that puzzle and making that picture what you want it to be. So as long as you, you know, just kind of keep that and keep that in focus, uh, you'll be all right. Mm-hmm. Embrace your power and go is what I like to say. All right. What's your love wisdom? What would you tell your younger self about love if you could? Latif? It's a process. It's it's definitely a process um, and it's not what you thought it would be. <laughs> it's what you make it. Yeah. And it's what is who you make it with. Mm. Right. That 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 love is going to be whatever the other person on the on the other side of that love receiving yours and giving you theirs will make it. Mm. Right. So, you know, don't go into it with a preconceived notion um, of what it what it's supposed to be, because chances are it's not going to be that. Yeah. 
That's good. Real good. Aisha, what about you? Your love wisdom? What would you tell your younger self about love if you could? Yeah, like, um, you know, you grow up with the first Corinthians, the scripture we talked about, it gives an entire definition of what love is. And, you know, you just have to surround yourself with people who hold those attributes and that people who actually, um, maybe they don't even know, but maybe, you know, they, they won't even know that they, they are, they are encompassing all of the things that the Bible tells us what love is, Mm -hmm. but surround yourself with them, with those type of people, Mm -hmm. um, that, um, you know, that know what love is that have, and, and, and can just show without saying it, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and I, my husband does that all the time. It's beautiful. So many nuggets of love that you don't even have to say it. It's just through actions. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. And then finally, your happiness wisdom. What would you tell your younger self about happiness if you could, Aisha? Um, so I don't like using happiness all the time. I look at it as it's joy to me because joy is long lasting. Happiness is fleeting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess that's why we named our baby Joy. So <laughs> I, I learned in that. That's, no, no, interesting. No, that's interesting, right? Oh, okay. Look at that. <laughs> well, no, I, you know, so I pursue joy. I pursue, I don't pursue happiness. I pursue joy. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I would tell my younger self to continue to continue to be on a journey for joy. Oh, yeah. look at you bringing the girls' names into that whole phrase. <laughs> All right, Latif, what about you? Happiness wisdom. What would you tell your younger self about happiness if you could? Uh, you deserve it. Mm-hmm. Deserve to be happy, mm-hmm. you know, and but you kind of have to pursue it. Mm-hmm. Right. You have to. It's not going to come to you. You kind of have to find those things that that make you happy and it'll change as you change. Right. As you grow the things that you know, the point of like an eight to what made you happy at 18 is not going to make you may not make you happy at 28 and may not make you happy at 38. And probably in some circles, it probably shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like I probably shouldn't be happy at 44 with the things that I was happy, happy at, at 24. <laughs> like I'm probably missing something. Yeah. Right. So embrace embrace that that change and that growth, too, because everything that encompasses your life probably changes with it. So that's good. That's good. Well, I just love you guys and so appreciate you being here. There's a number of comments in the chat. Your family is having a good time. (laughs) There's a good acknowledgement saying that's my son. They are enjoying you showing up for you tonight. Very inspiring couple, proud of both of you. Um, I think that just speaks to the light that you guys shine. So thank you so much for being here. And I want to tell you that success looks so good on you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Have a good night. And to everyone who has been with us all week, I do want to just say thank you for being a part of Couples Love Week. Um, I also want to let you know that these episodes will play back on my podcast, Life, Love, and the Pursuit of Happiness. So keep your eyes peeled for the notification when you can hear these great nuggets of wisdom, when you have powerhouse 
feedback and wisdom and insight like that, that we received tonight and all week long, those are great things to play back to help you want to know that you're not alone and that there are couples who are standing as examples of good love. So thank you for being here. Thank you for being a part of Couples Love Week. And I just sign off and say, thanks, thanks, thanks. And good night. Good night. Thank you. Well, that's it, beautiful. Thank you for tuning in. Don't ever forget that you are truly blessed with life, love, and all the happiness your heart can hold. Be relentless in building a life you love without apology. I'm Denise Taylor, and you can always find me in our free Facebook community. It's Embrace Your Power, easy to find. Now be sure to rate and review this podcast and share it with a friend. And make sure you subscribe so that we can stay connected each week. And remember, God has not given us a spirit of fear. He gave us power. So be sure to always embrace your power and go.